Welcome to Kingdom Leadership. In Matthew 20 and 25, Jesus called his disciples together and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentile lord over them, and their great men exercise authority over them. It is not that way among you, but whosoever wishes to become great among you shall be your servant. God has called us to lead in a way that serves others and advances the kingdom of God. Please join our hosts as they discuss scriptures, principles, and strategies for leading in a way that brings glory to God and blesses you and those you serve. You may also visit us online at IamAKingdomLeader.com to submit your questions or access past episodes. Let's go. So thankful for everybody being a part today. So thankful for you being with us today and and participating in today's life-changing faith Bible study. It's exciting to be a part of Bible study. It's exciting to be a part of what God is doing. Welcome to the life-changing faith, life-changing nation Bible study tonight. Uh, The Leadership Training Institute is in with us tonight, as as is the case for every uh, every third Wednesday. And we're going to be getting into a topic that's very real, not just for the church, not just for business, but for our daily lives. And just to remind us all that the mission of LTI, what they are getting accomplished, seeking to do, is to equipping and inspiring of others to lead like Jesus in all facets of ministry. What a blessing. And then the vision, the result of what they're doing, what they hope to see get done, is they hope to see that we have healthy servant leaders that role model a culture of learning, growing, and the building of other leaders. So without further ado, I would like to turn it over to tonight's moderator, our own Dr. Arlene Green. Dr. Green? All right, well, hello, family. We are glad to be with everyone tonight to talk about what has been a really interesting topic even. We've had a lot of conversations on this just as a team prior to coming into this. Um, And we feel like it's really relevant for today, probably relevant for all of us, whether it's from a family situation, a a faith-based situation, um, work. I feel like this topic can help us all. Um, So the topic is the power of the ask. And what we wanna talk about is what makes it easy or difficult to ask God and other people for help. So what makes that either easy or difficult? We wanna talk about, is it biblical? Um, What are some things that get in the way of that? What are the implications if we do or don't do it? What happens if we ask and the answer is no? So really get into the power of the ask. And I'm going to start by asking everyone online, and then I'll ask you all for some examples. But do you find it easy or difficult to ask God and also others for help? So when you think about asking God for help or asking other people, in general, do you find that a very easy thing to do or a very challenging thing to do? And while you all are sharing your answers, I'm going to ask our panelists to share an example. Like just to start out, can you share a personal example of maybe a time that you made an ask or you hesitated? What happened? What are just a couple personal examples to get us started. Be glad to start with with a personal example. Um, as far as whether I find it easy or whether I find it difficult, um, it seems like in the beginning, from a ministry perspective, 
I found it very difficult to ask. Um, why did I find it difficult to ask? Perhaps I didn't want to seem as though I was inadequate or in need. Perhaps I didn't want to seem as though I was, I was weak. I didn't understand that it takes strength to ask. I'd bought into some feelings, some incorrect feelings, but some feelings nonetheless that would keep me from, from asking. And it seemed like the more I gave into that, the less I had. I, I think perhaps need versus, and, and maybe that's how, where maturity and some growth came in, but from need came the ask. I, I would that it had been just because I was mature enough to see where ask is, you know, hundreds of times in the Bible, but maybe it's cultural. Uh, maybe it's a mixture of culture and, and other things, but I found it difficult until I, my need was so great that I had to ask. Yeah. Um, similarly, but from a different angle, you know, I agree with pastor. I think, you know, I've grown personally just from the need, but, you know, earlier on, um, you know, I, I look at kind of my upbringing while I was growing up, you know, I never saw or heard my parents ask for anything. Mm. And if they did, you know, I didn't know about it and it appeared to me that we had all that we needed or even wanted. But as I got older now, I saw the other side of things and, now I've been able to see a little bit more clearly about the need, but growing up that way, I think it sparked a little independence in me to not want to ask for help. Mm. And maybe my hesitancy would, you know, kind of fall into that category of the control factor. You know, I wanted to be in control of things and not have to depend on anyone else. Um, you know, I'll just do it myself, but I can say that, you know, as I become a leader, you know, in, in an organization and being in leadership, I've come to realize that, we have to depend on people, yes, you know, and that we all have different strengths and gifts that God has designed for a reason. And when I've now has, have asked for help from others, it actually feels like a weight that's been lifted off my shoulders, mm-hmm. you know, and many times I found that it actually can even minimize the time that I need to get something done because I'm not trying to do it all myself. Mm-hmm. So I think control comes in place as well, you know, in terms of us not wanting to ask others for help. That's good. Yeah, I think, you know, me too, I was uh, challenged with asking. And I think um, it was pride in, to pastor's point, if I ask for help, it demonstrates weakness. So I didn't ask. And a situation was, I was displaced, right size, whatever you want to call it. And instead of asking for help, I chose to just hold on to my pride because I didn't want others to think that I was weak or I didn't want to be viewed as a weak person, so I didn't. But then the crazy part was when it got to that point about the need, that's when I opened my mouth. And then what I realized was people actually helped. Yes, sir. It helped me understand who my true advocates were. And then it told me that I needed to stop relying solely on Charles and start relying on God for everything. So it, it broke that, that pride barrier in me to humble myself and ask. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting, I think, how challenging it can be. And a lot of it is what we're thinking 
And we had this conversation, maybe some of what we're thinking other people might think of us when we ask, you know, it's a little bit kind of our own self-esteem or like what other people might think. Um, but some interesting comments too, Cosetta said, um, God's truly been good to me. So I do find it challenging to ask God and others for help. I sometimes feel that I'm already beyond blessed and I'm being greedy if I ask for more. Kind of almost a little care to your point around, God, I have so much, you know, should I ask for anything else? Like I really am blessed. And sometimes you can look around too and just see that you do have, you can be really grateful, you know, and feel like, oh, should I ask for something else? Um, what do you all think about that? You're, you're super blessed. You feel like you have a, a great deal. Um, what do you think about asking I, for more? Yeah, I'm, I'm in line there with Cosetta, you know, and, um, you know, Rick and I, you know, my husband and I look at ourselves and feeling very blessed and that we are here to bless others, mm -hmm. you know, so, um, but as I mentioned previously, I know that there are still, you know, reasons for us, you know, to ask for help because we don't know everything and we don't have everything that there is to have as far as whether it's knowledge or wisdom or, or strength to do things around the house any longer, you know, <laughs> but uh, so, you know, there is a need to go ask for help to get some things done. Yeah. Yeah. Cause the earth you know, is the Lord's. you know, I think about the earth is the Lord's, the fullness thereof. So God owns it all. So, you know, whatever we, if he puts it in our heart as an idea of something, then I'm getting more and more readily asking for it. You know, it's like, mm -hmm. I, I, and then if it's not time or it's not right for me to have it, God will, he will say no in his infinite wisdom. Yes. But um, I'm getting more and more comfortable with the ask. But Elder Charles, you were about to say something. I was going to say, I think it gets to the point of what is it that we're asking for? Is it, is it knowledge? Is it wisdom? Is it help? Like Sister Karen is saying, or is it just stuff? Mm -hmm. And then is my ask solely for my benefit? You know, is my ask for maybe my benefit and some glory to God? Mm -hmm. Or am I asking for my benefit, God's glory, and how that I can help better someone else? So what's truly the motivation for my ask? And I think that's kind of what Sister Cosette is talking about. Yeah. The stuff she has, right. but is her ask to allow her to be a funnel to help and to bless others. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Seems yeah. to me that um, in line with what everybody's saying tonight and what Sister Cosetta wrote in, it seems that what God gives you to do requires asking. Mm. I've not seen yet God give me something to do that I can do by myself. Yeah. And ask is built into the will. And what that ask does to me, for me and in me, it helps crush my pride. Uh, Elder Charles, you're not the only one who, <clears throat> uh, you know, has that friend who tends to try to raise up when it's time for the ask. But in order to accomplish what God has given anyone, what God gives us is always beyond us, like always beyond us. And it's gonna require, and I like to say the last solo act was Jesus. After that, it's always going to be the community of faith, people, the ecclesia, the church, people, two or more working together. And part of that working together is asking. Uh, I think ask is a part of how Holy Spirit humbles us. 
Yeah, Sister uh, Deaconess Daphne said she's learned asking help, asking for help uh, gives her a better understanding of something, especially when clarification is needed. Mm-hmm. And that could be, Pastor, to your point that we don't have all the answers. Like yeah. we are to live in community. So God intentionally, I'm sure, doesn't, no, no one of us has all the answers. So if we yes, really yes. want a true understanding, we have to live in community, ask other people, get their advice. Um, so what is, what do you all say is asking for help from God? We, that's probably clear, but also from others. Is it biblical? Like what was the Bible say? Is it biblical to be asking for help? Well, as you I know, mentioned when you earlier, say- oh, go ahead, John. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead, Karen. Well, I was gonna I was gonna refer back to you know what I said before in terms of God's design for us and kind of when you think about all the way from the beginning with Adam and Eve, even before the fall in the Garden of Eden, you know, God created Adam to receive provision and help rather than be self-sufficient. Mm-hmm. You know, on a material level, God provided, you know, all of Adam's food and water, the air he breathed, and even fellowship for him, you know, by his own presence and being there. But then God also created Adam with a need for help from another person. He created Eve Come on. with yes, this ma'am. purpose in mind, where in Genesis 2, 18, he said, it is not good for man to be alone. I will make him a helper suitable for him. So God's creation was not even complete until he had built in a way for people to give and receive help. Even before sin came into the world, um, it was God's design from the beginning that people need help and we're to help each other. Yeah. So I think it's biblical. To answer yeah. the question. To your point, and from the beginning. <laughs> from Literally the beginning. from the beginning. Yeah, there's nothing else to be said about that, right? <laughs> <laughs> from the beginning. Further out, Matthew 7, 7 says, ask, and it will be given to you. The grammatical construct is a condition. Hmm. The, the condition of it being given to you is that you ask. And so it reads out, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you'll find, knock, and it will be open to you but to expect it. But there are certain things that we will not receive without the ask. Uh, and I, and I'm, I'm certain to your point, doctor, that's by design. Um, Matthew 21, 22, and whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive if you have faith. Again, a conditional construct grammatically. James 1, 5, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach or without getting mad at you. (laughs) And it will be given. The ask is the bridge between where you are and where you need to be, what you, what you need and what you don't have. And the elements, the building blocks of that bridge, faith and humility without either one, no bridge and you're incomplete. I mean, I was you know surprised. Go ahead, Elder Charles. I was going to say, some of those scriptures that you were reading, I had kind of written them down because in looking at this and, you know, Matthew, Mark, James, um, all of the things about asking, but what grabbed me was the term whatever, ask whatever mm-hmm. or all. Mm-hmm. That's what grabbed me in, in looking at John 15, 7, if you abide in me and my words abide and you ask whatever you mm. wish, the whatever aspect. And then first John 5, 14, 15, this is the confidence which we have before him that if mm. we ask 
anything according yes, to his will, he hears. And if we, if we know that he hears us in whatever. So the whatever aspect, the all aspect means that we can ask anything. I think we have to, to challenge ourselves on what's the motivation for our ask. Going back to, is it just for me? Or does God get glory out of my ask? And am I being a vessel to help others? So I too say, Dr. Green, yes, it is biblical to ask. I I was surprised some of the scriptures you mentioned, um, Elder Charles and Pastor, and certainly the creation scripture, Karen. um, I was surprised how much the Bible tells us to ask. Like I knew the Bible Mm -hmm. said ask, but I just did a, you know, in preparing for this, I kind of did like a search on it. Mm. And it's amazing how many, I have like three pages of notes of God saying, ask, ask for what you will ask. And I will answer seek and you will find, I mean, it's like a continual theme from creation to your point, Karen, through the new Testament saying, ask for what you need, come to me, this kind of, you know, that life is supposed to be lived in a very dependent state Mm -hmm. on him. And when you just said, mm-hmm. whatever you asked, Charles, one scripture that stood out to me was, Pastor, what you said earlier, ask and it'll be given to you, seek and you will find, knock and it will be open to you. And then it said, for everyone who asks, receives. Come on. Everyone. So these kind of whatever you ask, everyone who asks, receives. He who wow. seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. Wow. Not it might be opened. Yes, it ma'am. will be opened. So there's all this confident language in scripture mm-hmm. around ask and it will be given to you. And I was reading one um, author's kind of, dis, you know, uh, commentator's description of this verse. And they were saying, you know, if you think about asking a parent for something or asking your father for something, if you ask them for something, they're probably sitting right beside you. So you might feel really close to them. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to ask them. Well, mm-hmm. if you can't ask them, maybe they're in another room of the house. And mm-hmm. so you're going to go seek him. You're still seeking him, though. You're going to go on, go seek him. Time, I mean, no, and maybe no, no. you get to the door and the door is closed and you're going to knock on the door. But whether you feel really close to God or whether he feels really far away, he's still saying, come, come to me and I will answer. Yes. So whether you feel like he's right here or you feel like he's really far off. That's all right come to him and he will answer. So it's just so much in the word that's like confidence building, like ask and you will receive, you know? So it's more in here, honestly, than Hmm. I, than I thought. I knew it was in there, but it's, it's in there like a drumbeat almost from creation through new Testament, encouraging us to do that. Doctor, you think the bigger purpose, the divine purpose, if you will, of asking is to, is an entreat or invitation to relationship. Inviting us to mm-hmm. be in relationship with God. God saying, "Hey, interact with me. Talk with me." Yeah. I mean, I'm God, so it's not like I don't have everything, but I want to know you. I want to talk with you. So I, I made you deliberately inadequate on purpose. Yeah. I deliberately didn't put all the pieces in your puzzle, so that you would have to come ask me for that centerpiece, the corner, and the upper left, so we could have a reason to interact. And you could come to know me and I could come to know you. I never saw ask like that until tonight, especially with the scenario that of the of the seek and, and the knock. 
and I, you know, and I think about Ashley um, seeking and knocking and even when the door closes, you're knocking and going on. And, <laughs> and, and, and yes, we respond because she knocked. Make yeah. no mistake about it. And, and there it is right there in Matthew 7, 7, and it will be given to you, seek. And you, and, 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 and you will find knock and it will open to you. Wow, that is exactly how we are with our parents. Mm-hmm. And God is inviting us to be the same way with him. Asking he our is of God. Yeah. And he is our father, right? How about that? Make you want to ask tonight, don't it? <laughs> it does. Glory it does. to God. <laughs> yeah. You know, with, with that, it, it made me think about, <clears throat> since we're talking about children, that little children ask anything oh, and everything God. all of the time. So in, in thinking about this, I ask, and I want to challenge you, Life Changing Nation, to, to think about this, to reflect. At what point in our life did we lose our power of ask? What, what changed, what caused us to stop asking? You know, was it, was it a person? Was it a, a situation? Was it a circumstance? What caused us to stop asking? Because it, it is innately in us from, from childbirth to ask. Because our kids ask for everything. Yes, sir. But at some point as we grow, we stop. What caused that? You know, and there was a, there was a Harvard Business Review study called The Surprising Power of Questions. And it said that asking a lot of questions unlocks learning and improves interpersonal bonding, unlocks learning and improves interpersonal bonding. Then so they passed, so they just probably got, got some of God's word about if you ask, then you come into me and we're creating relationship. Yes, but you ask a great question, what happened? Well, I, what happened? Look, Ed, Ed Oldman actually made a comment in here that said it can be difficult for a person to ask if they've used society's perception mm, more important good, than the need. And I think that relates exactly to what you're talking about there, Charles. What stops us from asking? And it's for society's mm-hmm. perception a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. I mean, right. and I, I noticed um, Sister Elaine said that, you know, it may be harder to ask people. Like she goes to God, which we know Elaine, Sister Elaine's like a oh, prayer yes. warrior, right? Oh, yes. I mean, so we know, she said, but so she finds it harder to go to people maybe mm-hmm. um, as opposed to God. So what do you think, like, let's talk about that for a second. What is it that makes asking difficult? Whether that's Rejection. asking God or asking other people. Pastor, you said what? Rejection. Rejection. <laughs> I don't want to hear, I don't want to hear no. I didn't wake up this morning and said, oh God, please let me hear no 40 times and I will give you glory. No, I didn't do that. I, I, I don't want to hear no. And God, as long as I ask according to his word, he won't say no. I hear Sister Elaine, but you never know about that. The ultimate variable on the earth, which is that human. You never know how that might, and, and, and I've, I come from a pleaser personality background to where the last thing I want to hear is no. Um, I've learned it's a part of the ask, but in the beginning, the threat of a potential no would have me do without instead of ask. Bottom line. Yeah. What makes no difficult? Like what, if someone says no, what makes that, this is pastor or you or anybody, what, what makes totally that? take it. Personally, I think we take no 
personally. And when someone says no, it's not personal. It's just no. <laughs> Maybe that person can't do it or it's not within their means. It's just no. And when someone says no, there are no knife wounds, no bullet wounds, no clubs applied your head. It's just no. A two-letter word. I think, <laughs> I think once we can get that and understand that no is just no, or no might mean not yet. Maybe I haven't clarified enough information for them, for them mm. to see value That's good. in helping me. Right? So maybe I need to clarify. So if I ask somebody something and they say, well, why do you need that? Then I need to be able to communicate, to convey, here's why I need it. This is the benefit. And in situations, that's when people begin to open up and to help. Because I believe everyone wants to help. A lot of times people just don't know how to help. Yes, sir. So uh, kind of the fear of rejection is one thing. What else might get in the way of us asking God or other people? Hmm. Yeah, Arlene, I was going to talk about, you know, that I think a lot of times we underestimate others people's, other people's ability or willingness or unwillingness to help. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was reading a study performed by some psychologists at Columbia University mm-hmm. in New York City, which if you've been in New York, mm-hmm. you know that that's not exactly the place where people are, you know, kind to strangers in most instances. But these psychologists ask participants to approach strangers on the street and simply ask, can I use your cell phone to make a call? And they couldn't elaborate on why they needed it or invent some kind of sob or sympathy story on why they wanted to use it. They just need to ask to use the cell phone. But much to the surprise, many strangers were willing to let them use their cell phones. And on average, it only took like two tries to get a New Yorker to lend them a phone. But the interesting part was that before going out to conduct the experiment, participants were asked to estimate how many times they thought they had to approach the strangers before they would get a yes. Mm -hmm. And it turns out that many of the participants, their estimates were way off. They predicted that it would take two to three more times as many strangers to get a yes than it actually did. So I think our own perception of people's willingness of wanting to help us or even their ability to help us, I think we sometimes short ourselves in in getting help from others because of our perceptions and views. Assuming the no before hearing the no. There it is. (laughs) I can agree with that, truth be told. You know, Dr. Green, in in that same Harvard Review study uh, that I was talking about, it said, why do so many of us hold back on asking questions? And they believe that people are egocentric. They're eager to impress Mm -hmm. others with their own thoughts, stories, and ideas versus asking questions. Uh, Perhaps people are apathetic. They don't care enough to ask or they anticipate being bored by someone else's answers. People may be overconfident, thinking that they know more than they truly do. And then it says, or perhaps they worry that they'll ask the wrong question and be viewed as rude or incompetent. But it said that they believe the biggest inhibitor is in our opinion, is that most people just don't ask, just don't understand how beneficial a good question can be. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we just don't, we under, one, we don't think people want to help. So to your point, we're kind of assuming the worst before we even ask the question. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we underestimate how much, how helpful it can be, like how helpful mm-hmm. someone else can be. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, I think going back to the point, God mm-hmm. designed it that way. Pastor, I think your point mm-hmm. around, there's some things we're probably, we're not going to get to without the help of other people. Yes, um mm-hmm that God designed it that way to force us into community, to force us into relationship, to force us into humility. Um, and I, I see sister Reggie put a comment is not wanting to hear no. Also a part of pride. Yes. That's, mm-hmm. yes. That's definitely part of it. Period. It, it, yes. Yeah. Like a little bit of pride. And then um, sister Patsy said, she's a giver, which we know oh, she gosh, is. Yes. And sometimes it's difficult for me to ask. And mm-hmm. I can see that because we focus so much, I think, in, you know, just from our faith around giving mm-hmm. um, that maybe it makes it harder to accept help, to receive mm-hmm. help from other people because we focus so much on the giving that we don't really, um, I don't know, it makes it harder to receive help from other people. Yeah. And um, Sister Bernadette said, our parents used to tell us God helps those who help themselves. That's true. And that might prevent us from asking others for help, too. That's true. <laughs> a lot of us were raised with a very independent kind of oh, no yeah. one else is going to help you. So you better help you yourself. Do it yourself. <laughs> you know, so a lot of that cultural things we've been told um, also gets in the way of yeah, us culture. asking for help. That's a really I think that's a good point. Mm-hmm. Were you all raised yeah, with that, that that kind of oh, yeah. you have to do it yourself? Um, that saying is very familiar. Mama may have. <laughs> daddy may have. God, God bless, bless the child. And you gotta, you, can't, you just can't just say God. You gotta say God bless the child. <laughs> that is that's you know, nowhere in scripture. That's like nowhere in scripture <laughs> at all. There's you know, a lot of that. There's not a even, lot of not that. even the message. No pun intended. Sorry about that. <laughs> but, There's um, a lot of churches that we say that really uh, is just cultural. It's just what we've decided right. to tell ourselves. Um, and by doing that, we're missing out on a lot of blessings we could have by living in community, by asking for help, receiving. Um, I grew up in a pretty, it was a, my family was military, so we moved around a lot. And so we grew up kind of, you relied on yourself in, in the house. Like you didn't really trust people outside the house. Um, but my husband grew up in a community where they knew each other, they relied on each other. Mm. So it was really easy for him to ask other people for help because they would ask him. It was like a reciprocal relationship. Mm-hmm, and that mm-hmm. was really hard for us. Like even with Lauren being little, he'd be like, oh, well, let's ask, you know, the Brazil's kids, daughters to watch Lauren. I'm like, they don't want to do that. Like, why are we? <laughs> it felt like you're putting on, you know, you're putting a burden on, but that's. And a burden to others. Yeah. yeah, that's like, that's cultural. We've told ourselves that and it's not actually true. It's not biblical. We are supposed to live, you know, in relationship with each other. So I think that's a good point. Yeah. The generosity and I'm, of and our and church. I like Sister Bernadette's uh, comment because to the cultural thing, and then I think as as African American men, we don't ask. We feel that again, back to that, it's a sign of weakness, mm-hmm. and I can't even let my own brother know that I have a shortcoming, whatever that shortcoming is. So I hold it in, and to my own peril or to the peril of my family. I just go down with a sinking ship if I don't humble myself and open myself up and go to my brother, trusting him 
to be there for me. Even if he can't do what I ask, but trust in him to keep my ask yes. to him yes. and not go and say, hey, you know, Charles needs this or Charles that or right. Charles is falling short here. I think culturally, that's a reason that we never really open up like other cultures do. Right. Other mm. cultures are, are very quick mm. yeah. to help one another. It is ingrained in them from their youth, mm. like in Kelvin's family, that they ask. This is what we do. We help one another. I don't think I've seen that in, in the Black community growing up. Mm-hmm. I think often that we feel that it's going to be a burden, like you said, Arlene, in terms of, you know, your baby's an example. You know, we feel like asking is going to be a burden to others. You know, we say, I don't want to drag somebody else down with my pain or it's not for me to, mm-hmm. I don't want anybody else to carry my weight. But when you look at, you know, the scripture of Galatians 6 and 2, it says, bear one another's burden. Come on. And so fulfill the law of Christ. And so when we ask someone else to help us bear a burden, we're actually giving them an opportunity to serve God and to share Christ's love. So it's our obligation as Christians. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, The generosity of our church has been my classroom for asking. Um, and, And we're just so incredibly generous to where I'm freer now to ask than I've ever been in my life, not just in church, but in general. Um, I almost feel, and now, and, and that's only because I've, I've had, I have a few hundred great teachers who continuously teach that so long as what you're asking for is of God and you can be clear about it, they're glad to participate. In, and I'm learning the, the mechanics, or, or perhaps I should say the anatomy of the ask, uh, to include clarity and to include precision and communication. And, and, and some folks on this panel know that some of those things are a challenge for me. Um, I tend to want to think it, not say it, and wonder why you don't know it. Um, but I'm getting help with that, y'all. I'm getting help. And the more I open up, oh, there it is. I think that's what I wanted to say. The more I open up, I risk vulnerability, yes. which is not natural, at least not for me. But the more you do that, yes. God honors that. Mm-hmm. And and you, even if it's a no, it's a loving no. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's yeah. like, oh, thank you for saying no. <laughs> I mean, what did you just say? Thank you. Wait a minute. You said no, didn't you? Mm-hmm. But it's how you said it. And you didn't, I didn't feel bad for asking. Mm-hmm. And that, that gave me fuel to, to ask another, try again, keep going. My church has taught me that. Yeah, I, f- I feel like our church has taught me that too. I think we live more in community within the church than mm. I had before, you know, whether it's the small groups or it's just, it's more of a, it's become more of a habit um, since being in our church. But I think it's interesting. Sister Nina said, if Jesus needed 12 disciples, 12 helpers, <laughs> we must understand we need help at times too. Boom. <laughs> there it is. Let's, you can close out now. That's it. <laughs> exactly. If Jesus needed 12 disciples and you think, you know, even in the garden of Gethsemane, he asked, mm. he was in anguish. So yes. in his most difficult hour, he asked his friends, his disciples to pray for him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, someone carried the cross for him part of the way, uh, the, the woman who anointed his feet with oil and like, so even Jesus gave us an example of receiving help. So to sister Nina's point, 
if Christ, our example, gave us examples of how he being all sufficient still received help as part of the relationship, then that's a, that's a great example for us as well. Really good. Mm -hmm. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Um, Hey, Dr. Green. Yeah. Quick comment um, about receiving help, you know, and a gentleman told me this probably about nine years ago because I was that person, you know, pushback, didn't want to ask for help. And he said, why would you block my blessing by not allowing me to help? Mm. Because, you know, we think that we always want to be the one helping because we think there is a blessing in helping others. Mm. Then who are we to block somebody else's blessing by not allowing them to help or even asking them to help? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good. I mean, because I was thinking about another reason maybe that why we respond or feel the way we do when someone says no, like we're taking it personal. Mm. Um, Because if what I was thinking about is, are we asking or are we demanding? Because Mm -hmm. if you're asking for help, Mm. I think Mm. if it's really a true ask, then the person has the option of saying yes or no. You know, similar to you think about even Christ when he asked God, if this cup can pass for me, it was a question. Right. But he said, nevertheless, your will be done. So it was it's a real question. Or are we actually demanding help in the form of a question? So then when someone says no, now my feelings are hurt because it right. wasn't really a question. You know, in and I was thinking place. about the wow. like assert, being assertive is asking for what you want and need hmm. and being OK for the other person to have their own opinion as well. You know, passive is not asking at all. It's not yes. asking for what we want or need and just hoping they figure it out. And we do it a lot in relationships. I think we're like, well, he should know. Like, or she should right. know, or God should know, so we don't ask. Mm, you know, anyway. <laughs> exactly. But being assertive is asking and being okay with the other person's answer as uh, well. That's good. That's really um, good. Being aggressive is this idea of asking, but it's really not an ask, it's a demand. You know, like me asking Lauren, will you wash the dish? Lauren, will you wash the dishes? If she says <laughs> no, I'm like, Right. No, you're going to wash the dishes. Right. You're going to do it. You're going to do it. I think sometimes we have to kind of humble ourselves before we mm. ask people and realize that we're asking, but it's a question. So we kind of have to be okay with their answer. Mm. You know, we can't. Doctor, you're saying we got to learn how to ask? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Ask it as a question, Arlene, a real question. Layla just taught me that. So to your point of asking, will you wash the dishes? And when she said, no, I don't feel like it. Uh-oh. I was like, you, what do you mean? Help us well, you asked me, you gave me a choice. And I was like, you're right. Okay, go wash the dishes. So I had right. to take the choice off the table mm. because I had a choice. She had the ability to say yes or no, because I asked an open-ended question like that, right? Mm-hmm. So no more. Yeah. <laughs> So um, what do you all think in terms of what makes it easier to ask? So if, we're, if anyone's feeling a hesitancy, what, mm. I guess we have a, just a couple minutes left. What closing thought would you give around encouraging people to ask or what, what has helped you um, to kind of ask more readily? What would be kind of a, what makes it easier, do you think? Well, I think in order to get comfortable with anything, you know, it's doing it repeatedly. You know, you've got to start somewhere and practice makes perfect. You know, you think about the 
the, the other side of it, that it's a vicious cycle. If we avoid situations where we need to ask someone for help and we don't, then it creates a negative cycle because when we never ask for help, we mm. never become comfortable asking for it. And mm. because we're uncomfortable, then we'll continue to avoid it. Well, you've got to switch that and start to start to ask. You've got to start somewhere. And when you put yourself in that position of starting to ask, you start to get more comfortable with you know, the nose, the rejection, mm. but you continue to practice and practice and practice until you know you start to feel comfortable. And also, you know, just all the scriptures that you just talked about in the Bible, you know, that's where the foundation is. It tells us to ask. Yes. You know, and you know, that's where it all starts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'll ask um, while you all are thinking, I'll ask our family online too to tell us what what do you think has helped you be, you know, to ask more easily? Like, what is it that's helped you as well? And I'll read a couple of the answers when we get to it. But believing in what you're asking for, mm-hmm. believing that it actually has value believing in the why of it and um, be, believing in it enough to where no doesn't stop you. If you believe that it is of value, if you can trace its origin to something uh, biblical that God would do or would want without getting crazy in your exegesis, you have confidence and, and also I think also what helps me with confidence is knowing who to ask. Mm -hmm. Knowing a little bit about your ask universe, certain things you ask certain populations, bottom line truth, certain things you don't. So believing in what you have, what you're asking and knowing a little bit about those you're asking. I wouldn't ask a cat lover about dog issues. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. So a little audience research is helpful. Mm-hmm. That that even relates to, um, you know, we we're talking about Jesus in the in the garden. There were just a few disciples that he carried with him, kind oh, of when yeah. he went further to pray. So to your point, yeah. it's God will show us who to ask for what, like who Glory to go God. to, who's. Um, so to even Sister Lane's point earlier around it's easier to ask God, one thing we can ask God as well is who can help, like, who should I be relying good, on? Yeah. Who should I be in community with? Like, hmm. you know, who should I be asking for help from as well? Yeah. And, and I think um, pride, setting pride aside and understanding that there is a reliance that I have on God and, and his people. So once I set pride aside, once I stop caring what people are thinking about me because they have their own issues of life, they're probably not even concerned with me anyway. And then just ask, just, just ask, ask. To, to Karen's point. Just got to keep asking and uh, kind of pastor's point of, is my ask big enough? Is my why of I'm asking, what's the motivation of my ask? Mm. And if I am motivated by that ask, Nothing is going to stop me until I get what I'm asking for. Mm, like good, the woman God. who had her issue of blood for 18 on, years, she just felt if I can touch the hem of his garment, mm. she was not going to let the crowd keep her from yeah, touching. Yeah. She kept pushing. Yes, I think sir. that's what we have to do. If our ask is biblical, if there is a God motivation of that ask, mm. we keep pushing until we get 
that answer, whatever that is, be it wisdom, be it provision, we mm. keep pushing. Amen. 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 Yeah, I mean, I guess I was thinking related to that. So you're right, the motivation. I think that's a good question. So I'm thinking about that in terms of why am I asking? You know, what what's the motivation behind this? And at the end of that question, if it's a godly motivation, um, then I know God's going to answer, right? So I, I mm, have yes, to kind of put away the the fear that might be in the way, the people that might be in the way and ask anyway, because if it's a godly motivation, God's already told us he's going to answer. Um, and I was thinking too, Karen, your point about being in habit of asking. I remember Elder Span teaching it, I don't know if it was a, a Bible study or marriage ministry, about how he asked for help in the little things. Um, so like, which way should I drive home? You know, like mm. what, what should we cook for dinner? Like these kind of things that I think sometimes we make the ask really big. It's like, oh, I'm going to go ask God for this. But even in the little things of life. Mm. And so, mm. you know, I think before he talked about that, I'd probably spend 15 minutes looking for keys before I'd be like, oh, where are my keys? Yeah. Like, why why yeah, am yeah, I walking yeah. around this house looking for something that you know where they are? You know, so it's like, I love what that. am I doing? So it's like this, like getting in the habit of asking God for the little things. Mm -hmm. I think mm -hmm. to your point about habit, Karen, has made it easier to ask for all things. Because now, like the, like the child, that's kind of like we were using the example of the child and parent. It's like, if you get in the habit of asking, like the first little thing, you're like, God, what? I mean, which way should I go? Help me with this. Help me with that. Um, has helped me to get more in the habit of not only asking God, but asking others. It's kind of a, so I found asking the little things can help um, kind of prepare you. Dr. John 15, seven says, and it talks about the kind of intimate relationship you're talking about right now. It says, if you abide in me, that word comes from a word that doesn't mean occasional, but means permanent. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Amen. Wow. Amen. Is there any good reason not to ask? I haven't heard one yet. <laughs> exactly. exactly. And I think that's our challenge to everyone is um, if there's something, if there's a big thing or a little thing mm. that you know, you feel led to ask God for, to ask for at work, to ask a family member, whatever, whatever you're feeling led for, then we want to encourage you to ask, because uh, it is biblical to ask certainly from God, but also from other people, because that's how we're going to live. That's how he's intended us and designed yes. us to live from the beginning, as Sister Karen said. Hmm. So uh, that's what we want to encourage you to do, to get to be in the habit of asking. And if there's something big that's on your mind right now, definitely go ask for that, too. You know, so I know I have a couple minutes left, Pastor, so I'll turn it over to you. I was thinking just now about David, and we've talked about this a time or two in church, but he and his his army were just coming back from yet another victory, and they came to their camp, <clears throat> and their wives and their children and their belongings were gone, had been stolen from them while they were out in warfare. And his boys said, let's mount up. And that was clearly the obvious thing to do. Let's mount up and go get our, our, our family and our stuff. David put sackcloth and ashes on and prayed. He asked God, literally, 
the language is in the Old Testament is, shall I go up? Shall I go after them? And God honored his asking by saying, not only shall you go after them, you're going to recover everything. You're going to recover all. I hear God saying, ask, even if the answer is obvious to you, still ask. Because what might be obvious to us, God may have a, because his ways are so much higher than ours and thoughts so much higher. He may have a different answer that's beyond the obvious. David waited, and they even wanted to kill him for waiting. But David thought, I'd rather risk death than make an obvious move without first asking. And God assured him that you will go, you will recover all, and you will suffer no loss. Great topic tonight. Very real. I think it's at the core of the ecclesia, the church, and the relationship. The two or more being sent working together, talking together, asking each other, and winning on every hand in Jesus' name. Amen. Glory to God. Thanks, I wanted to mention one thing I forgot before you close us out. Um, we put together a like a picture of scripture and um, kind of reminders on what can help in asking God for help and what can help in asking and receiving help from others. So, Karen, mm -hmm. thank you for the reminder. So um, we're going to post it in the comments of the chat so you can access it. But it just gives you kind of a quick reminder that you can even put in your phone, um, print out as a reminder of what the word says about asking God and asking others. So we'll put that in the, in the chat as well. Awesome. Life Changing Nation, we just thank, we just thank uh, the Leadership Training Institute. We thank and thank God for Dr. Green for Karen, for Charles, just for being obedient and giving so generously of their time, talent, and yes, even their treasure at all times for God's glory and helping us to become better leaders, uh, both in the church and in our daily lives. Let's pray and ask the Holy Spirit to cause these things that we have heard to take root in our thinking, take root in our minds, and take root in our behavior so that we might give God glory through the ask. Father, we just thank you right now for tonight. We thank you that you're teaching us the value of asking. It's throughout your word so often in so many scenarios. You've endorsed and blessed the ask. Oh God, I just come against pride and, and, and arrogance. Oh God, in the name of Jesus. Um, idolatry even, God of self, in the name of Jesus. Let us lord over our own thinking your word and follow it such that we would ask and receive, knock and the door will be open to us. Give us that humility and that boldness at the same time to ask that we might give you glory, receive and be good stewards of what you provide through the ask. We ask this in Jesus name, amen. Thank you for joining Kingdom Leadership and we pray you were blessed by today's discussion. You can find us next week at the same place, same time. You may also visit us online to access past episodes and submit questions for future shows by visiting IamAKingdomLeader.com. God is calling us to lead in a way that gives Him glory, attracts others, and advances His kingdom. God bless you.